Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Anyway, um, wow, we, we've had, we had quite a show so far. Now, um, I want everybody to join the conversation, too, because, you know, we've been talking all morning So, um, with our guests. So uh, let me remind you of the calls, 215-634-8065-1866-361-0900. And on the line, we have my man, my man from my man Scoop B. And, I, you know, I can't, Brandon, I can't keep up with, with, with half the things you're doing right now because you're doing so many things. You wear so many hats, man. So, so from that standpoint, it got to talk NBA last night. Last night, boy, Steph, what, boy, what, what done gotten to Steph Curry? Because the Golden State Warriors, like, blasted. Oh, my God. OMG. They blasted. <laughs> Who did they play last night? Chicago. Chicago Bulls. They blasted. It was 143. That's like video game. I mean, that's what I, when I had NBA Live on my PlayStation, that's like video game territory. What happened in that game? And, and uh, Is that another example of the Warriors saying, we still the champs, and you and and uh, you know y'all got y'all got this y'all got this y'all got to remember that. In other words, y'all must have forgot to quote Roy Jones Jr. Hey, I I, I take it a step further. Let's quote Rihanna. In case you forgot, I called a shot, shot, shot. Said uh, Steph Curry <laughs> scored thirty three points and had seven rebounds and four assists on the one forty three ninety four uh win. I, I think more than anything, um the Bulls are kinda just in disarray right now. I mean right. the one thing that I th- I do think for the Bulls is a bright spot uh, for them this season is the play of a uh, rookie uh, Larry Marketed, uh, a guy out of Arizona who he only scored fourteen points, but you know, for those keeping track on their fantasy stat lines, I mean he's a guy that can pull up the stat sheet, but um it didn't really matter in this case. Jerry and Grant was the high man for the Bulls uh, with twenty one points uh in that game. Um but I think more than anything, I think that the the, the uh, Warriors. I, I was I wrote a feature on um, Rise Golden Wood, who's now at TNT. She's the former uh, Warriors uh, silent reporter, and she told me um, that one of the things that you really looked at at the for the Warriors this season um, is the fact that last year was a teaching year. This year is more of just being a proactive year, 
You know, those guys had to really gel um, and, and find a way to make it all fit, you know, adding Kevin Durant. And, you know, this year, you know, it's more just doing. You know, you although Steph Curry was the high man, you know, for the Warriors in that game, I mean, you did have a solid outing from Clay Thompson, who had 29 points. Nick Young came off the bench and had 17 points uh, and, and six rebounds. Uh, Andre Iguodala, former 76, is 10 points. I mean, everybody scored on that team for the exception of Sean Livingston. And you know what was scary about last night was the fact that Kevin Durant nor Draymond Green was on the floor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were they on the floor last night? Um, were they on the floor last night? No. Yeah. See, that 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 scares me because if they're doing it without those guys right now, man, it's gonna, I think that I think that they may have a chokehold onto that title for a while now. Now, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to go to the Eastern Conference for a second. We, I think you and I talked about this. We talked about this yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, we talked about the fact that, you know, Celtics are fresh. The Celtics are fresh off a 16-game winning streak. They they came back down to earth against, against the Heat, but then they won last night. Um, and then the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are on, what, a seven-game winning streak. LeBron James had a triple-double last night. The question I have to ask is, can we tell anything about the Eastern Conference at this point of the season? Because, you know, to me, to me right now, the way the way my cynical self sees it, I like what the Celtics bring bring to the table. But I think right now, until somebody in that in that Eastern Conference final or semifinal way, however the seedings seedings wind up eons from now because we're like I said we're only what 17 games into the season do you see any any indication could could this be the year that Boston breaks through especially with Kyrie Irving Kyrie Irving is that kind of you know transformative type of player what he's given what he's doing now with his team can 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 we tell that now is it still a long way off well, to go to your first assessment about the NBA's Eastern Conference, I often joke that the NBA's Eastern Conference is the equivalent of the NFC. Um, <laughs> you know, the NFC, you know, you have a bunch of talented guys in the NFL, the NFC, but then in the AFC, you know, the AFC is the Western Conference. You have the you have the Patriots, you have um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and all those other teams that, you know, that can be comparative to the Rockets or the, the Warriors and San Antonio Spurs, what have you, but... To, to your second point about um, Kyrie Irving, I want to give you an analogy. Um, so Kyrie Irving from West Orange, New Jersey, grew up um, minutes living away from former uh, Nets coach uh, Byron Scott, who actually ended up coaching him in Cleveland. Right. Kyrie Irving grew up liking and idolizing the New Jersey Nets back then. They had Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin, and what have you. If you remember that Nets team um, with uh, Jason Kidd in his first year, he surprised everybody. They were the best team in the New York metropolitan area when they made the executed on the trade, sending Stephon Marbury to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Jason Kidd. And, um, you know, he restructured that Nets culture. Nobody thought that he would take the Nets back to that Eastern Conference uh, championships and, 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 you know, eventually lose, but came close to beating the Spurs in the NBA Finals. Kyrie Irving, uh, comparatively, comes to a Boston Celtics team that really people expected them to do well, but not that well. Right. Um, Gordon Hayward comes in, has a gruesome injury, and then Kyrie Irving mutates into Kyrie Irving that plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but on a different team, um, and the Boston Celtics. 
I do think the Celtics have something special. I do think that Brad Stevens saying they're not that great is psychologically messing with their head to show that they have a lot more to go with 20 games they've played in the season. But um, had you asked me before the season um, if the Cavaliers, or rather what the Celtics have done as well as they have, I would have told you no because I thought the second best team in the Eastern Conference would be the Washington Wizards, and they are currently in seventh place at 10. Um, now that I give you this narrative, I will tell you this. Um, I think that LeBron James led teams find a way to figure it out. Um, do I think that it's a potential Eastern Conference matchup? Yeah, because the Celtics played the Cavaliers last year, and the Celtics seem to get better every single year. Can they beat the Cavs? Mm, possible, but at the same time, Listen, you've played YMCA games when you were younger where you thought you could beat the old guys on the court and they waxed that tail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think that the three best teams in the NBA's Eastern Conference are the Cavs, the Celtics, and the Wizards. I think that people are still playing in the game shape. The Knicks are the Knicks are an eighth seed. The Pacers are a sixth seed. The Sixers are a fifth seed. The, 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 the Detroit Pistons are a second seed at, at 12 and six behind the strong play of Tobias Harris. So, I mean, there's a lot of basketball left to play. Right. Right. And speaking of this, speaking of, well, speaking of not having a lot of left basketball left, Derrick Rose, man, you know, the Cavs gave him, I guess, a, a, an extended leave time or something like that. I mean, is Derrick Rose finished? I, you know, it just seems, like, I, I guess the mental toll of injuries does, it, it does take its toll on you. Is, is he finished? Is, is Derrick Rose done? Well, I think Derrick Rose went through something similar last year when he played for the Knicks. Uh, he missed an extended amount of time um, because he missed his son. And, he, you know, Chicago, other than playing at Memphis, Chicago is all he knows. Um, and, you know, a plane ride to Chicago isn't that long. Um, and a plane ride from Cleveland to Chicago is even closer. Um, but I, I think it's bigger than that. I think you love the game. That, that you, the basketball is what got you out of your situation that made you a better person you know basketball is not basketball is a lifestyle right um and i think for him the thing that he loves has been his achilles heel how would you feel how would you feel if your fingers got chopped off or if if, if you lost your voice box chris and you couldn't do what you love <laughs> yeah that's true i empathize right i i mean that that's I, I empathize with that too and and the thing about it coming back from injury had the constant rehabbing has to kind of like because I guess there are mornings where you don't feel like it, you feel pain. You don't feel like getting up and rehabbing, do you? I mean, I, I tore my ACL um, some years ago, and I remember when I came home from the hospital and um, the anesthesia wore, wore off. I literally cried myself to sleep. Wow. Um, so I, I I don't play in the NBA, but I can empathize with him and what he went through because. I remember that first night home from the hospital. That ain't pretty. Right. You know, and, and it's not just that one injury. He's, he's, he's missed a substantial amount of injuries. Remember that Allen Iverson Reebok commercial years ago where they pointed out all the injuries that he ever had, like hip pointer flexor, bursitis, right. ankles. It was the whole chart of all those different injuries he had. I think Derrick Rose has had that time 50. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and the thing about it, as a player, you never question his talent. There are a lot of people trying to question his talent, but I think that the mental toll of the injuries, I mean, on the floor when you're playing, 
a lot of athletes say, oh, well, you know, it's one day at a time. But in a real sense, I think you do think about it. I mean, you know, I've, you know, you, you think about it. I mean, you have to, it's human. I mean, it's not anything to dealing with, you know, you got, you're trying to be a superstar athlete. But every time he gets on that court, you know, he's one, I guess in the back of his mind, because he has so many injuries, what's going to happen next and what, I mean, is, is it possible that he has that on his mind? You have to. I mean, again, I don't play in the NBA, but I've played in. I, I tore my ACL playing in a, in a basketball game, and I remember um, I played in a couple. Of, I've, over the years, I played in a couple of celebrity basketball games with various people. And when you go up or you take certain shots, you you you, you kind of you're thinking, okay, do I take this shot? Okay, when I land, make sure both feet are planted because you don't want to relive that injury over and over and over and over again. Um, and I think that you know, for him. When he came back, I'll never forget. I feel like opening night for Derrick Rose has always been his friend. I remember when the Bulls opened up. Um, I think they played against Portland a couple years ago. And I remember Derrick Rose hit a game winner. And everybody was happy about that because it was like, wow, okay, he's back. And then he ended up hurting himself later that season. Then, you know, you look at the, the opener when he played for the Knicks last year um, and they played against Cleveland. And Cleveland waxed them, but you saw that. You saw Derrick Rose happy to be there contributing and, and being a significant part of that rotation. Then you look at Derrick Rose in opening night this year, and he was happy to be on the floor playing against the Knicks at that point. Um, and, and, and it just seemed that Derrick Rose, I'm sorry, playing against the Boston Celtics, you saw him just contributing the right way. Um, unfortunately, the, the one thing that the Cavs got in strength is point guard during the offseason, and LeBron is returning back to the point guard rules that he had. I, you, you made an NBA Live reference. I remember getting NBA Live 2004. And uh, LeBron was the starting point guard. J.R. Brimmer was the starting two guard. Then you had Darius Miles at the three, Carlos Cruz at the four, and Judas Gaskin at the five. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Cavaliers do um, after the All-Star break when Isaiah Thomas comes back. You, you, you want to think about the long the long term. You know, you bring in Isaiah Thomas back, and if he plays at least half of how he played this year, and if Darren Rose sticks it out, and gives you a couple, you know, 10, 15 minutes per game later in the season or during the playoffs, that's a contribution that they can use. And I, and I really hope that he sees the bigger picture. It would be horrible for the Cavaliers to make it to the finals and potentially win, and Derrick Rose is sitting there not part of that championship parade. I would agree with that. And I think, if anything else, I hope Derrick Rose doesn't quit in the sense that when Isaiah Thomas comes back, that I think that he's going to need that um, that veteran presence with him and whatnot. I mean, because he's still because he's still you know say what you want about Derrick Rose, he's still a, he's still a professional in this league. And, and my thing is to you know championships, you can never have too many veterans. I mean, I'm talking about too many veterans who uh-uh. done done the right things in their career. I, I agree with you, and I'll add this: I, I've often made this argument uh, when you look at a Ron Harper um, who. Had, a, had an awesome career individually playing for the Clippers, playing for um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, there were often comparisons made to Michael Jordan. Um, and then, you know, Phil Jackson likes big point guards within the triangle offense. He came in and he transitioned right away, um, you know, playing for the Bulls. Then you look at Tracy McGrady, who could have made that similar transition because he's always been a great passer. Right. Um, and then you Look at the you look at the Cavaliers and you see what Dwayne Wade did. Um, although injuries have not always been his friend, at least this season, um, 
he's kind of transition. He's kind of transitioning into that Ron Harper type of role for um, the Cavaliers. But then you look at Derrick Rose. You look at any great championship team. They have veterans. Right. Like the Bulls had that. They had even Al Sally. They they picked up. Um, they picked up the Chief Robert Parrish for a season. Um, you know, Will Purdue. Guys, you look at the Lakers. Same thing. To me, when I saw the, the Cavaliers in that team in the offseason, I, I saw the same kind of uh, rhetoric as far as you know building. And I think um, even for somebody that's from Chicago, I remember I was sitting at uh, a Bulls game in the playoffs when the Bulls played the Celtics um, the playoffs last season. I think it was Game Four at the United Center, and Derrick Rose was sitting in the crowd with with Horace Grant and um, uh, Scottie Pippen, rapper Derrick Rose got a louder applause at the United Center and Horace Grant. And Scottie Pippen. Wow. That's... And Sarafford was up there, too. He's from right. Chicago. Right. But I just think that people are pulling for Derrick Rose. But to quit, I understand his rhetoric, but you got to stick with it. I, I think he does, too. But I just think, but sometimes, like I say, sometimes it can be mentally taxing. And I guess it can be depressing. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned Ron Harper because I have a memory of Ron Harper when he was at Miami of Ohio. I remember he slammed, he slammed dunked on Len Bias in overtime, although Maryland won that game in the NCAA tournament. I still remember seeing mm-hmm. seeing um, uh, um, um, Ron Harper dunking the ball over Len Bias, the late Len, the late great Len Bias. That just mm-hmm. that just kind of stuck in my mind for a second. But um, speaking of teams that need veterans, the Philadelphia 76ers, um they they go into a game tonight against the Orlando Magic. They're riding high, ten and seventeen. I I see the light as I've been saying through. It's been a, a persistent theme the last couple of weeks on the show. I see the light at the end of the time. I mean, the process has finally translated into something that you can see down the road and everything. What would a team like the Sixers need? Because I was talking with Jack McCaffrey, one of our local um, columnists here. What do the Sixers need as just another, you know, just another thing to what they have? They got MB, they got, you know, Simmons and Covington and all those guys. What, what's, what's, what are some things you think they need moving forward? Because they're going to go through the up and downs this year. What would they need personnel-wise moving forward? Um, a veteran name named Paul George and LeBron James. Ah, LeBron James. You think you, you think that when LeBron now LeBron's a free agent this year, right? He, at the end of this season. Yep, he's a free agent. Wow. You think LeBron would come here? I mean, that would be fun. That, that would be funny. Would he? Would he come here? Put it like this. Everybody talks about the Lakers um, and, and the prowess that they have with obviously um, a point guard named Lonzo Ball, and the Lakers are just benefiting from that from him because um, he struggled early in the season and in the early parts of his career. But they also have guys in Julius Randle. They have guys in Brandon Ingram. They have a center in Brooke Lopez. You know, I, I was taught from the old school of basketball, if you, you can you can build a championship team if you have a solid point guard and a solid center. I would agree um, with that. And I think that they have both. However, um, when LeBron was making analysis of whether he was going to return to Cleveland uh, for his second run with the Cavaliers, they had a young Kyrie Irving. They had a Tristan Thompson, and they later, you know, built around guys with J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert, et cetera, et cetera. But when a LeBron James team gets a little older, they break down fast. Right. Um, and so I feel like, although the Lakers are a popular option, um, I've also heard uh, from my sources that Miami would be a, a return to Miami as a popular option. 
you also look at legacy. Um, LeBron and Wade and Rose were supposed to play with each other in Chicago in 2010. That's Michael Jordan's team. Right. You look at you look at the Lakers. That's Magic. That's 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 Kobe. That's Kareem. That's Shaq. That's Will. Right. Right. Not saying not bashing the 76ers, but there are lesser names. You know, even when he went to Miami, you know, that was Alonzo Mourning's team. That was Tim Hardaway's team. That was, you know, that was Wade's team at the time. But when you go down and you look at Philadelphia, who has a rich history in Will, Moses Malone, uh, World Be Free, Charles Barkley, um, Allen Iverson, Dr. J, there's a shorter list of people because I think it's more than just personnel. Because of, the, because of how LeBron is, as, a, as I believe a basketball historian, I think he's looking at the overall body of work and picture, too. A, a, a move to Philadelphia would mean you playing with a Ben Simmons, who was, I believe, a once-in-a-lifetime player just like LeBron was when he was drafted in 2003 by the Cavaliers. You're playing with a Joel Embiid, who, you know, is doing well but still has a lot to prove. Um, and then, you know, you have other added pieces. J.J. Redick. Any LeBron James team has to have a solid shooter. Cole, Kyle Korver is his, is, his, is his guy right now, just like James Jones was his guy uh, with the Miami Heat and the Cavaliers or Ray Allen, who, who, who helped him immensely uh, in that finals appearance against the Spurs. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that the Cavaliers have, or excuse me, I believe that the Sixers have something to be coveted. You know, and, and Paul George. Paul George. The one thing that the Sixers are missing is a veteran um, swing man. You know, right. Carmelo Anthony, will, I believe, will be a free agent at the end of the season as well. So, you know, everybody's talking about this Lakers round robin, but I wouldn't sleep on the Sixers and I wouldn't sleep on the Miami Heat as well as a, as a, as a person at the LeBron sweepstakes. But specifically the Philadelphia, don't sleep on LeBron uh, uh, appearance in, in Philadelphia. Well, hold that thought. Hold that thought because we got to go to a break. You're listening to 900 AM WURD, 96.1 FM WURD, Black Talk Media. We'll be right back. Hey, we are back. Sounds of rare essence. Nothing about a DC area and all that. Okay. Now, Brandon, I'm going to hold you. All. I'm going to hold you for for one for one quick minute. I'm going to I'm going to ask you. I'm gonna, we have a caller on the line, but I want to uh, I want to I want what what would it take? What would it take for this for for LeBron to want to come to Philadelphia? That's an interesting that is an interesting thing. So that 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 so what would it take if, if LeBron were to somehow? I don't think it's going to happen. But what would it take for him to come here? Well, you know, the rapper Nelly made a song uh, called Ride With Me, and in the chorus it says, hey, must be the money. In this case, I don't think it's about the money. I think it's about cementing legacy. So I'd take less money in Miami um, to come to the Heat and team up with Wade and Bosh. Right. Um, and they won two championships. I think it's going to be legacy, the right pieces on paper, um, and maybe some stock options. Wow. Well, I gotta say again, dude. If it happens, I'm gonna take you out. I'm gonna take you out to dinner. Although I take you out to dinner anyway, just because you're my boy. Yes, but, sir. Yeah, sir. but but if that happens, if that happens, man, um, you know, I, I like I say, you you and I, I'm taking you out to dinner now. One more thing before we go, where can we find where, where can we find your work before we let you go? Where can we find your work? Well, make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast, Scoopy Radio. Uh, you can visit scoopyradio.com. Um, as well as subscribe on I, subscribe to Scoopy Radio on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, everywhere in between. Had anybody from Well Owen, Attorney Gloria Allred, all Philadelphia themes, but also um, the rapper Too Short, Kenny the Jet Smith, um, a myriad of other people, and 
make sure you check out my columns at Respect Magazine. That's Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, dash mag.com. You guys can Google Scoop B. You'll find all my work and things that I've done. So thank you for having me, man. And no problem, man. I'm gonna I'm checking you out, man, because you 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 young and up and coming. You got all that young energy and all that. So definitely, a Brandon. Thanks for being on today. A pleasure, sir. Thank you. Okay, that's ladies and gentlemen. That was my man Scoop B. Brandon Robinson, and uh, Respect Magazine Scoop B podcast. God does God does it all, man. So. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.